I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to the HR Coffee Time podcast. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, and if we haven't met before, I'm a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. I've made this podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling career without having to work yourself into the ground. And this is the 11th episode of the podcast. In it, I'm going to be talking to you about building your network to help your career. It's something that I've been asked to cover by two listeners to the show, Helen and Kirsten. So thank you so much to both of you for asking me to cover this topic. It's really important to me that I am covering things that are genuinely helpful for you. So if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I wish that Faye would actually cover something else, please do let me know. You can always get in touch with me on LinkedIn or by dropping me an email at hello at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. So networking is such a big topic that I could talk about it for hours. And I have been wrestling with recording this episode for hours, actually. It's taken me ages to plan it all out because I wanted to make sure it's not going to go on forever and it's as helpful as possible. So I realised that I just know (laughs) too much about this. It's too big a topic. So I've decided to break it down into separate episodes rather than subject you to having to listen to three hours of me talking about all of this stuff. And today's episode is going to focus on the three most important networks for your career. I'm going to begin by just touching on the fact that 
I know networking is something that you might find uncomfortable or something that you feel nervous about. There's a brilliant Harvard Business Review article by Francesca Gino, Mariam Kachaki, and Tiziana Casharo called Learn to Love Networking. And in it, they explain that during their research into networking, they found that even just thinking about networking can make people feel physically dirty or unclean. And when they dug into why, it's because so many of us see networking as something really inauthentic or exploitative, where you're just in it for yourself, trying to get stuff from other people. But if you feel this way, I hope that I'm going to be able to convince you that networking done well is the opposite of all of those things that you might be worrying about. And it's something to be embraced and enjoyed. And in the next episode that I'll create for you on networking, I promise to share lots of really practical strategies and tips to help you be brave and get out there and start building those relationships and doing that networking. So I think a problem with the word networking is that it tends to conjure up this really old-fashioned idea of going to big events where you don't know anybody and having to talk to complete strangers. Or otherwise, it can make you think of having to ask people for help who you don't really know very well. But instead of thinking of networking like that, I like to think of it as just being about building relationships. So really, it's all about getting to know other people and them getting to know you. Which means that we're all networking a lot of the time without even thinking about it. Because that's just a very human thing to do, isn't it? Once you get to know other people and, and build friendships and relationships. Now, I said that I was going to talk about three networks. So let's start off by focusing on the first one, which is your personal network. By the time you're listening to this episode, you will have built relationships in your personal life. So those relationships will be with members of your family, with school friends, with colleagues that you work with at the moment or colleagues that you used to work with. If you have any hobbies, you'll know people from them as well. And the strength of these relationships will vary a lot, but that doesn't stop all of these people from being in your network. And of course, while you were building these personal relationships throughout your life, you won't have been doing this to intentionally have them help your career. And if you're thinking, oh, yes, yes, Faye, I love my family and friends, but I don't really see how they can help me with my career. I'd like to ask you to take a moment just to stop and think about this. I can almost guarantee that you'll be able to spot instances when your personal network has helped you with your career. So if you've ever got a job because an old school friend put you forward for a role, or if you've ever had a family member give you advice on how to handle a tricky situation at work, or perhaps a friend has cheered you on and given you confidence in yourself to put yourself forward for a promotion or to be really brave about something at work, then you immediately have examples of how your personal network has helped you already without you even thinking about it. So imagine how powerful your personal network can be when you've spent some time thinking about who you can proactively turn to to help with your career in that network. 
So there is an exercise I'll share at the end of the podcast today to help you with that. And again, I will record another episode on networking, which has got even more practical tips to help you with this. And before I carry on, I just want us to think about another thing as well. So we've started off by thinking about networking as building relationships, but I'd like to go one step deeper into this by thinking about why we want to network and build relationships to help our careers. And I think this is put beautifully by Herminia Ibarra and Mark Lee Hunter in their Harvard Business Review article, which is called How Leaders Create and Use Networks. And in this, they say that networking means creating a fabric of personal contacts who will provide support, feedback, insight, resources and information. For me, that definition instantly helps me to see networking in a positive light and it takes away some of the fear or discomfort that I might have felt about it in the past. After all, I just have to think of my family and friends for a moment and I can instantly see that they've given me all of those things and they continue to give them to me. So that's support, feedback, resources and information. And I hope that they feel the same way about me, but if they need support, I'll be there for them. Because networking done well isn't a one-way street. It's a way of supporting and helping each other. A nice analogy that I've come across here is to think of yourself as a farmer. After meeting someone, you've sown the seeds of the relationship and you then water those seeds and nurture the plants that grow over time through your actions and activities. And inevitably, at some point, you're going to be able to reap that harvest and gain more from it than you may have even been expecting in the first place. In fact, I really, really do believe very strongly in this, this idea of you get what you give. And I think it's because when I was growing up, my grandfather was a really strong presence in my life. And he'd come from quite a deprived background and left school at 14, but he'd gone on to build a successful business, running a fruit and veg stall on Kingston Market, which supplied a lot of the local restaurants in the area, as well as being really popular with all the local shoppers. And he was always sharing these pearls of wisdom with us through his favourite sayings. And one thing I remember him saying to me all the time was, what goes around comes around, Faye. And I really believed him. I believed him then and I still believe him now. I think that if you help others, you're often rewarded for this later down the line in some way. And another career coach who I was lucky enough to work with recently, called Claire Corazan, pointed out to me that this thinking has now actually been backed up by research. <laughs> so it's not just wishful thinking. So this research comes from an amazing person called Adam Grant. If you're not following his work already, I'd really recommend that you do. So he describes this research in his book, Give and Take, and there's a really good TED talk on this as well. And what he found was that after surveying 30,000 people from across the world, he was able to categorise them into givers, takers and matches. So takers are people who are in it for themselves with relationships and with networking at work. 
They're not concerned with helping others succeed, instead they approach relationships with the question, what can you do for me? Whereas givers are the opposite, they're people who actively try to help others. They approach relationships with the question, what can I do for you? And matches, which is the category that most people fit into, try to keep an even balance of giving and taking. They approach relationships thinking, I'll give to you in exchange for what you've given to me or what you're going to give to me. They want the amount of giving and taking to be fairly balanced so that everything feels equal and fair. And what Asm Grant found was that takers tend to rise very quickly, but they also fall quickly because eventually they're punished by the matches who are keeping score on everything and they begin to realise the injustice of what's going on. Adam Grant also found that givers were both the least successful, which is slightly depressing, <laughs> but also the most successful people in the organisations that they worked in. And they were the most successful a lot of the time by quite a big margin. But whether or not they were the least or the most successful, having them in the organisation benefited the organisation overall. So although their personal results might not be brilliant if they were some of the least successful people, they actually boosted the performance and results of everyone around them. And the reason they weren't successful was they were often so busy helping everyone else that they put themselves at risk of burnout and they let their own work slide. And I've seen that happen quite a lot. So there have been several times that I've been asked to help people with this, where they just feel their workloads are completely out of control. And when we dig into why and why they're feeling so stressed, often it's because they feel that they can't say no or that they can't let other people down. And actually, often they're not letting other people down. They're just having to prioritise themselves sometimes and their own work sometimes. So if that's something that really resonates with you, if you are someone who gives a lot, you're probably very valued by everyone around you. But just please, please, please be careful to make sure that you're not giving at the expense of yourself, at the expense of your own health in particular. But it could be that you're a giver who is able to still protect your own time. And if you are someone like that, then you're very likely to become extremely successful. At least you are, according to Adam Grant's research. <laughs> and he found that one way that can be really good of making sure that you're still looking after yourself while you're giving to everyone else is by giving the five minute favor so that's a way of helping others, but without consuming too much of your time. He points out that giving help to others can be something really small but valuable, like sharing some knowledge, giving some feedback, or often just making an introduction to a really useful contact. So having heard a little bit now about this idea of givers, matches and takers, I'm going to ask you to proactively think about your network and how to identify people who can help you. I'd also like to encourage you to approach networking with a giver's mindset. Now you're not always going to be able to help everyone, but there will often be small things that you can do to give back, drawing on what I just said about Adam Grant's recommendation about the five minute favour. So whether that's publicly praising the person who's helped you, 
emailing them an article you think they might find interesting, telling them about an event that they might like. In the most basic form, you can give back to someone by just saying thank you to them. Receiving a thank you note is almost always appreciated and it's something that often a lot of people don't do. Right, so I've covered personal networks and how important they are and I've started to touch on internal networks now by talking about Adam Grant's work. By internal networks, I mean the people in the organisation you work with or the people who are closely connected to that organisation, so like suppliers, consultants and customers. But before I delve any deeper into internal networks, I just want to spend a bit of time focusing on the second important network that I wanted to cover, which is your external professional network. So number one is your personal network, and number two is your external professional network. Now, what do I mean by external professional network? This is just the wording I've come up with it. There might be a jazzier way of saying this or a bit of a shorter way of saying it. But essentially, I see your external professional network as being HR specific, sector specific, or skills specific, professional groups, people, and events. And I've talked about where you might find these groups, events, and people before, back in episode five, which is called How to Progress Your HR Career Using the 3E Model. So the fact that I'm covering it again shows how important I think this is and how useful it can be. There are more and more brilliant events and groups springing up all the time that you can tap into and use for networking, as well as boosting your professional knowledge. And I'll share links to all the resources that I'm about to mention in the show notes. Lots of them will sound very familiar if you've already listened to episode five. So I'm not going to dwell on them for too long because I don't want you all to get bored thinking, oh, she's saying the same things again. But I do feel I've got to mention them in case you haven't listened to episode five or you've forgotten some of the resources that I mentioned. So one way to start building your external professional network is by going to events. And there are lots that you can go to in person, but since the pandemic, loads are available online as well. For HR-related events, the CIPD is a great starting point. You may have already spotted that they've got their large conferences each year. That's one obvious place to go. But I think that the smaller events arranged by the local CIPD branches are well worth looking into as well. All the different regions in the UK have their own local CIPD branch, which is run by volunteers. And they aim to run talks regularly, where they invite a guest speaker to talk about a topic that will be useful. And there are also always opportunities for networking because you can chat to the other people who are attending too. And often if it's a really good speaker, they'll get you discussing on your tables or next to the person you're sitting to about some of the content and ideas that they're sharing. I really like the local branch events because also they're a great way of meeting other HR professionals who live nearby to you. Also, all of these local events are usually completely free for you to attend if you're a member of the CIPD. And if you're not a member, they're really low cost. I think they're about £5 to go to. 
but a lot of them are online as well at the moment where they're organised by Zoom and they've even been recording a lot of the events and putting them on their YouTube channels. So if you're thinking, oh, actually, I want to attend these events more for the learning than the networking, then that's an option to think about. You can watch lots of them back. And there are other professional bodies that run local events that you might find interesting and useful as well. I've been to events run by the Chartered Management Institute that are brilliant. And I found that there were lots of other HR professionals in the audience with me. And other ways of tracking down useful events with networking opportunities are by getting in touch with specialist HR recruiters or local law firms who offer employment law services because they often run HR roundtables or talks for HR professionals for free. So as an example, one HR recruitment company whose events I've attended that were brilliant is Liberty HR Recruitment. And I recently went to a great event arranged by Starford, whose founder and employment lawyer, Julie Jones, was a guest on episode two of the podcast. And then apart from events, HR memberships have also been springing up over the past few years and these memberships tend to offer online resources, talks and opportunities for networking with other HR professionals. I recently tried a free trial of Disruptive HR's membership and I was really impressed. I'm hoping that one of their founders will join us on the podcast soon to tell us more about it. But if you're interested then you can have a little look at the free trial as well just by googling them. Another membership that might be interesting to know about and will also have networking opportunities is called the HR Independence. And this is specifically being created for people who are in a standalone HR role, which I've been before, and I know that can be a lonely place and you wish that you had other colleagues that you could bounce ideas around with. But it's also for people who work as an independent HR person or an HR consultant. So they have fantastic resources, but they do also have opportunities for networking as well. Whether that's online, I'm not sure if they've arranged anything in person yet, but I think they launched around the time of the pandemic. So it's definitely worth taking a look at them. And then finally, another kind of membership that I've heard about. I haven't personally experienced this one. It's run by Daniel Barnett, who I've never met, but I have just heard fantastic things about. And his membership is called the HR Inner Circle. And I know that does have in-person events, as well as having online resources. But I am sure there are lots of other brilliant events and memberships that I haven't mentioned, because I just haven't heard of them yet. So if you know of any and you've come across any, I would love to hear about them so that I can share them with all of the other listeners. So please do let me know. But one other network within your external professional network that I should talk about are purely online networks that you can also turn to to build up and learn from your external professional network. Now, LinkedIn is the most obvious one that I'd highly recommend making the most of, but I'm not going to talk about that in detail now. Instead, I'll save a whole podcast episode for it later on because there's so much that I could share with you about LinkedIn. So apart from LinkedIn, one of the only reasons I'm still on Facebook at the moment is so that I can be in the brilliant 
HR Ninjas Facebook group. It's completely free, it's informal, it's fun, and it's really supportive. A huge range of questions are asked in there every single day, and there are free resources that are shared between people in the group, and they've also just started arranging in-person meetups too. So I'd really recommend taking a look at that. It's such a wonderful community, and it's all completely free. And then another way of expanding on and learning from your professional network is by finding a mentor or even becoming a mentor yourself. And having done quite a lot of mentoring myself, I can hand on heart say that I always learn something from the people that I've mentored. It's definitely not just a case of all the benefit being gained by the person who you're mentoring. But if you don't know where to start with mentoring, then the CIPD has got a free member-to-member -member mentoring programme that's run by the local branches. The Chartered Management Institute has one as well. Recruitment company HR Heads runs a free HR mentoring scheme and so does talent consultancy Let's Talk Talent. And I'll put links to all of these things, all of the resources I'm mentioning, they'll be in the show notes. If you're not sure what the show notes are, then if you're listening to this podcast on your phone, on an app, on a podcasting app, then just um, tap on the episode and scroll down and you should see that once you've got past the title and how long the episode is and maybe the play button, you'll see that there's lots of text underneath it. So that, that text, that's the show notes. But another way of seeing the show notes is to go onto my website, brightskycareercoaching.co.uk, and you'll see there's a section on there for the HR Coffee Time podcast. You can find every single episode on there, and by clicking on the episode, you'll be able to see all of the show notes laid out on the page. So please do take a look at those if you want to look up any of the resources that I've mentioned. And finally, my final suggestion around professional external networks is that it's also worth looking into professional bodies for your sector. So I mentioned the CIPD, I mentioned um, the Chartered Management Institute, but depending on the sector that you work in, there will be some sort of professional body associated with that, that the organisation might have joined up to, or you might be interested in joining up to and as an example I just did a really quick google search before recording this episode and so I thought this was quite a good example let's imagine you work for a small charity well there's a body called the small charities coalition and they run a free mentoring scheme for leaders within small charities so if you work for a small charity and you're in a leadership role or hoping to be in one, that could be something to look into. But that's just one tiny example. I am absolutely certain that lots of other professional bodies will be running mentoring schemes as well. They're just not always brilliant at shouting about them. So it normally means doing a little bit of Googling and maybe phoning some of these places up. And now we can move on to the third and final network, that I think is really important for your career. And I touched on it slightly earlier. And this is your internal network at work. Now this network becomes more and more important as you progress in your career, especially if you have or you want to have a strategic role. Because to be truly strategic, you have got to understand the business and you need to be able to influence other people to be able to get your ideas bought into and also get access to resources that you need. 
And by having strong relationships throughout the business, throughout different departments and with different people, you're going to understand the business so much better so that the strategy and the ideas you come up with or that you want to support, you'll know they're brilliant and that they really make sense. So all of this is going to be a whole lot easier if you know and understand key people in the business or if you don't work in a business, maybe you work for a non-profit, so key people in the organisation, and they know and they understand you. But you might feel worried about your ability to network at work internally for a whole range of reasons, but I promise it's completely doable and I can't emphasise enough just how important it is. I've noticed several times when coaching people who are having trouble settling into a senior role or who've just missed out on being promoted into the senior role that they want, that often they're really well respected by their immediate team, they've got very strong relationships within their team and maybe they've also got strong relationships with one or two other areas of the business but it might be that they haven't built relationships consistently outside of these areas. And like I said, that might be for a whole host of reasons. Often it will be because of lack of time or very commonly people hate the idea of politics, internal politics. So there can be a big fear of engaging with the office politics or perhaps being unsure how to start building relationships with colleagues who they don't know, or finding one of the key influencers within the organisation incredibly difficult to deal with. These are all blockers that I see springing up in their way a lot of the time. And it's something that we work on overcoming with the coaching so that they can have the success and have the confidence that they're looking for. But when you're thinking about building and nurturing your internal network, let's have a think about that now. Be careful not to only focus on the most senior people in the organisation. They aren't the only people who have power and influence and who have really important opinions to consider. It's well worth taking some time to sit down and make a list of where you think your strong relationships are within the organisation and where they could be better so that you can then proactively start trying to build them up. And I know I've said this with all three kinds of networks so far, and I will share an idea in a minute for how you can actually get organised with this. And if you're stuck for ideas on how you go about building these relationships at work, there are some very simple things that you can do, whether that's starting to go along to social events or organising the social events where you get to mix with a whole range of people whether you're going to get involved in cross-functional projects or you're going to set up your own group initiatives at work, they can all be really effective things to do. If you're on a cross-functional team or you're on the senior leadership team already, then one thing that I can help you with if you would like me to is by running a DISC team building workshop for you. So that's a really great opportunity for you to all get to understand your behavioural preferences. So the things that motivate you, the ways you like to be communicated with, how you'll be showing up at work, and just giving you some time as a team to get to know and understand each other really, really well so that you can move forward working together effectively and really start to feel that you've bonded. 
But obviously that's just one example of the many, many things you can do to start building up and strengthening these relationships internally at work. And now that we're coming to the end of this episode, I know that I've shared a lot of information and it would be really easy for you to just listen to this and think, oh yes, I'll do that one day, but end up not really putting any of it into action. I'd really like to encourage you to do this really quick and simple exercise. I'm going to tell you how you can draw something else on a piece of paper, but if it's hard for you to visualize or you prefer the idea of using a template, just uh, get in touch. So like, I feel like I'm a broken record on repeat. You can contact me on LinkedIn or just drop me an email and I can send you a template to use. But essentially all the template is, is that I'm going to ask you to draw three circles on a piece of paper and have two different colored pens to hand. So one color is going to be for recording the names of people you've built strong relationships within your network. And the other color is to use for relationships that you'd like to build or strengthen. And above the first circle, I'd like you to write the title personal network. Inside that circle, write down the names of people in your personal network who you already have strong relationships with and turn to for help and advice with your career. In the other color, write down the names of personal contacts that you have in your network but that you'd like to invest a bit more time in or build stronger relationships with. Above the second circle, I'd like you to write the title external professional network and inside the circle, write down the names of people already in this network in one color. You can guess what I'm gonna say next. In the other color, write down the events, people or resources that you'd like to turn to to start building up this network. And you haven't got to get this all perfect. This is just to generate some initial ideas. It may be that this all changes over time, but I think that this exercise can be a really helpful starting point just to get you moving forward with these things. And above the third circle, I'd like you to write the title Internal Professional Network. Again, inside the circle, write down the names of people you've got strong relationships with already in this network and then brainstorm the names of people you'd like to build relationships with in another colour. Now, underneath each circle, once you've filled them in, I'd like you to write down a rating of how strong you think each network is out of 10. So zero is that it's not strong at all, you have no network, and 10 is the strongest this network could possibly be. So once you've rated, each of those networks, your next step is to make a plan to decide which of the three networks you'd like to focus on first, because I don't want you to feel overwhelmed and feel like you've got to take action on all three networks straight away, but then also think about what steps you'd like to take to strengthen that network. And remember, if you'd prefer to have a template, just ask me and I'll send you one for free. It's no problem at all. And if any of this feels daunting, don't worry. <laughs> As I said before, I'm going to be recording another episode soon. I haven't decided what the title is, but essentially it's going to be about sharing lots of really practical tips. So once you've identified these three networks and you've decided which one you'd like to focus on, I'd really like to be able to give you some practical tips and advice on activities and things you can do to start talking to people and building up those relationships. So I promise I'll do that soon. <laughs> and all of that, 
brings us to the end of today's episode. I really hope that you found it helpful. If you have found it helpful, I'd be hugely grateful if you could rate and review the show for me in Apple Podcasts. That would be wonderful. And if after listening to the episode, you're thinking that you or someone else in your organization would benefit from coaching to help you or them overcome a career challenge or to build up their confidence at work, please do get in touch and we can talk through some different ways that can help.